This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. Until you value, until we see the value of words, we're not going to understand the value of life. I really believe that. Until we understand the value of words, we, we, we do not understand the value of life. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The, the message Bible even says it like this. It says that words kill or words give life. Uh, they either are poison, words are either poison or they are fruit. And I love how the, the uh, message Bible says you choose. So if you were to choose, if your words are poison or fruit, how many want to choose fruit? Amen. I, I want you to know that the, the passion and the reason that I'm preaching about words probably another two weeks is I want Church on the Rock to be the best people on the planet Earth with our mouths. I really want our mouths to be seasoned and I want our mouths to be disciplined and our, I want our mouths to bless and not curse. I want our, our mouths to speak life into situations and not death. I want our mouths not to create poison into people's lives where they have to get detoxed for weeks and months because we poison them with our words and, and the way we thought about a situation or the way we thought about a person, we now have a different perspective because you put bad words in my mind and bad things that, that I wasn't even thinking and I wasn't even feeling and I, I, I didn't even have those thoughts, but because people are undisciplined with their mouth, they're poisoning people. Our, our homes are poisoned. Our relationships at work are poisoned. Our, 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 our marriages are poisoned because of the words of our mouth. Words are so, so important. I can't overemphasize the value of words. Until you value words, you don't really value life. I see the truth about words, and I'm committed. I have committed myself that I'm going to get a hold of my mouth. I'm, I've committed myself to that. I'm, I'm not going to let it be a loose cannon anymore. I'm not going to let my mouth bring destruction. I'm not going to let my mouth just say, well, that's just my personality. Uh, at least you're not wondering what I'm thinking. No, sometimes you don't need to say what you're thinking. And you do need to filter what comes out of your mouth. I, I believe that. It's time to be accountable for our words. Because the Bible says that every idle word, we're to be accountable for it. How many know that? Matthew 12 says that we're to be accountable for our words. And, and I've just been praying this. I've been saying, Lord, I've been praying Psalms 19:14. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, may that be pleasing to you, Lord. May everything that comes out of my mouth, may everything that I think about, may that be pleasing to you. You know, in the pursuit of this, in the pursuit of getting a hold of my mouth, I have to understand the ten deadly sins of the mouth and the ten deadly sins. I, that's why the law is good. When we look at the law, the law tells us it's a schoolmaster. It's a teacher. It shows us the right way. It shows us how we're to conduct ourselves. How many are thankful for that? So, so I'm going to show you what the word says or what the law says. Number one in the ten deadly sins of the tongue, number one is lying. Lying is simply not to tell the not to tell the truth. Proverbs twelve twenty two says that the Lord detests. He can't stomach liars. 
The Lord can't stomach liars, but he delights or he loves to hang out or company with those that tell the truth. Amen. Why do people lie? The reason people lie is they're trying to protect themselves. They're, they're trying to, some people lie. I've lied before because I, I, it avoids some embarrassment. Or, or, or to try to cover some stupid thing that I did. Uh, people lie to maintain an artificial image that we're trying to construct around ourselves. You know, Mark Twain said this, if you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Frederick Nietzsche says this, I'm not upset that you lied to me, I'm upset that from now on, I can't believe you anymore. So, are you a liar today? Is, is lying something that needs to stop from your lips? Amen? Number two, the first of this is going to be heavy because the law is heavy. How many know the law is impersonal? It's cold. It, it'll, when we get done with these ten points, you're going to be like this. Oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. I, I do all these, alright? That's what the law does, but that's why we're under grace and we're going to get to that. Sowing discard is a lack of agreement. It's absence of unity or harmony in sentiment, action. It's, it's, it's sowing contention and strife in disagreement relationships. Uh, in the Jewish Bible, it says a scoundrel, a vicious man lies, lives by crooked speech. In other words, he talks out of both sides of his mouth. Anybody ever knew that? Winking the eyes, shuffling his feet, pointing his fingers. While he's crossing and he's pointing fingers at people, but he's got his... Uh, fingers crossed behind his back. With deceit in his, his heart, he's always stirring up trouble and sowing discord. Therefore, disaster will come suddenly upon him. Look at that. Disaster comes suddenly. You know, sowers of discord are usually people that are driven to serve their own interests. Amen? Sowers are, uh, of, of discord, listen to this, they probe the vulnerabilities of others Sowers of discord seek out weak points to expose and exploit in people. Sad to say, they some people actually get pleasure from it. Sowers of discord, they do this. They're driven by feelings, real or perceived. They're brooding on past energy. Sowers of discord are brooding on past injuries. Present suspicions. Sowers of discord, past injuries. Present suspicions and future insecurities. That's what people that sow discord, they're insecure. Sowers of discord uh, generally may present some valid points, but generally do not have uh, a constructive criticism. You know, the Bible says in Romans 16, 17, it says, I beseech you, mark them that cause divisions. I remember one time we were hunting some deer in southwest Missouri and um, when, I, when I was about 20 years old and there was this deer that all the farmers fed and he was like a pet. So when deer season came, we took uh, fluorescent orange paint and we went out and painted this deer completely fluorescent orange because we didn't want anybody to shoot our pet. Amen. And he lived every season. We'd go out and spray paint him fluorescent orange. We marked that deer so nobody would kill him. You say, what in the world does that have to do with anything? You need to take fluorescent orange paint and you need to mark people that are you are in relationship. You need to take fluorescent orange paint and you need to spray them bright orange when they're causers of discord. Mark them. That person causes discord. 
spray paint them, warn everybody about them. Spray paint them orange, mark them. And the Bible says avoid them, avoid them. Gossip, gossip is spreading private information about someone, even if the information might be true or factual. A gossiper, let's see if you're a gossiper, it's someone who talks easily, easily, eagerly, and casually about others. A gossiper gossiper is usually found separated and doing this. You ever see a whisperer where every time you come up to them, they're like, oh. (laughs) Gossip. They're usually found whispering. We've had gossip in the church. You, you find these people always behind closed doors or in rooms. And the minute you get in, you enter the room, you can feel them. Because they're whispering about things they shouldn't be whispering about. It'll kill your church. It'll kill your families. It'll kill your businesses, gossip will. I'm telling you, business owners, gossip will destroy your business. A gossiper is somebody who habitually reveals personal, sensational facts. Notice I said sensational. Because it's got to be exciting, some exciting, the, the new juice, the, the, the what's really happening. I mean, have you heard this? A gossip goes around telling people secrets. Why do people gossip? People who don't feel good about themselves temporarily feel better when they judge others negativity, negatively. When people can't generate interesting discussion, discussion kind of like people that throw the F word everywhere around, it's because they're not intelligent enough to use other words. Okay, a gossiper, a gossiper is when people can't generate interesting discussions based on knowledge and good ideas, they'll just gossip. People gossip to hurt people's popularity and talent so they can be pushed up. Slander is when you share a false and malicious report about someone. Slander, if you look up slander, In the Bible, in the original, what it means, it actually means murder. Murder. I felt the Lord say to me when you talk about this one at Church on the Rock, really bring out Facebook. Really bring out Facebook. That what people can say about people and do and slander people. When you slander someone's character, you slander someone's witness, and you slander someone as a person, then you have used your tongue to murder someone. I think slander is, is bullying. And was anybody bullied in elementary school or junior high? I believe slander is bullying. Okay? Tell-bearing. Tell-bearing is when you reveal secrets and you're breaking confidence. Do you know the reason the Scripture says a tail-bearer reveals secrets, but he that is faithful to, in spirit conceals a matter? Listen to me. We need people in the church. Look at me. Everybody look at me. I felt this one strong. We need people in the church that are mature enough and that are seasoned enough that they can be the bottom half of this scripture. That they can, a faithful person can conceal a matter. You know why you need people around you that can conceal a matter? That can keep a secret? That can hold down information? Here's why. Because God made us where we need to talk. We are, I am a person that needs to talk. 
But do you know how far, how hard it is to find somebody that's not a talebearer? Do you know how hard it is to find somebody that you can trust so that you can be transparent with? Because one, the minute you show them, tell them something about yourself, the, the, there's a lot of reasons. But you just have to protect. We need people in the church that are faithful, that are faithful to conceal matters because people need to talk. You know, I felt the Lord tell me, uh, Judy, uh, be bold for the Lord. Stand up, Judy. I felt the Lord tell me this today. I felt like the Lord told me that there's some women here that you're going through hard things in life and you need to just talk to someone. You need to just talk to someone that, you, that is faithful, that's going to give you good advice, that knows the Bible, that's going to conceal a matter, that's not going to judge you. They're not going to judge you. And I felt like the Lord told me at the end of service that, Judy, you're supposed to stand. He even told me this side of the stage. That you're supposed to stand over here, like maybe in the corner, and that women, not one man, but women, can come and talk to you. Because you're faithful in spirit. You're, you're powerful in prayer. You're strong in, in, in the Word. And God's going to use you to help some ladies today. I believe that. But see, you got, I did all I can do. If nobody goes over there, I didn't miss it. I did what the Lord told me to do. Amen? Some women need to talk to her today. You need to reveal yourself. If you slept with a guy that's not your husband, you need to tell her. You, you need to reveal something that's eaten if you had an abortion. Something that has eaten you up. You talk to her today. Because there is healing. That's why you can't be a talebearer. There's you can't tell people's business because there's healing that God wants to bring. Cursing. Cursing is speaking evil. Get these definitions. On cursing, it's this. I'm not talking about flying the F word and that kind. Cursing is this, is to speak evil. This word, anathematize, I'm not real sure what that means, anathematize. Curse means to damn, to hex, or to jinx. When you're cursing, you're speaking a curse over someone. Like, don't tell me that I can't remember. Or don't tell me I'm getting old. Or don't tell me I'm, I, I think we play around with some of that stuff. But don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, uh, you know, uh, I remember one time they said, uh, one out of every four pastor kids are going to go to hell. Don't, don't curse me or jinx me or hex me like that. My kids aren't. My kids aren't. Don't curse. Don't curse with your mouth. Curse with your mouth, okay? Uh, you, can, you can look up the scriptures. They're written down there. Romans 3, 13, Psalms 109. Blasphemy is when you use God's name in an unsacred and self-serving way. Guys, I'm telling you, I cringe when people yell out. I won't even do it. When people, with, with not praise and with not seeking God, I cringe when people yell out J-E-S-U-S. -S. If they're not calling out for help, and, and they're not calling out for praise when you're blaspheming the name of God. 
I, I cringe when people say GD. I cringe on that, and you need to cringe on that. I cringe on that. Here's something else. If you don't say, if you don't say Jesus or goddamn or something, if you don't say those words, here's another way that Christians do it. Christians is when you say the Lord told me and he didn't tell you. That is using, that's blasphemy. It's using the Lord's name in vain. You're using it to promote yourself. You're using it to... You, do you know how many people in ministry over the years, they tie my hands because they say, well, God told me. God told me. God told me. That comes out of our mouths too easy. Here's how I do it. Because God does speak to people. If you ever talk with me, you're going to hear God told me. And, but here, here's how you're going to hear it with me. This is a good lesson, I think. Here's how you're going to hear it with me on things like that. Is if I'm feeling something pretty strong, I'll say it like this. Man, I'm feeling pretty strong that God's telling this to me. I could be wrong. But I'm feeling that, that this could be a word of the Lord. You discern it. But, but I'm feeling like God's telling me this. But then sometimes He really does tell me. And I will say, God told me. But even on that, there's, that one's even scary. Do you know that Paul thought he was working for God when he was killing Christians? Do you know I've seen good-hearted people in churches tear churches up with discord and split them and, and, and cause trouble in the churches, and they really believe they're doing it for God. They really believe it. I, I'm careful saying God told me. Um, but he does. But be careful of that one. Filthy language. That one's where I'm talking about talking about filthy stuff. And, and um, that one, guys, do, do you know, I, I'm not um, completely out of it. Even when this church was being built, there were a lot of people that worked in here that weren't Christians. I want to preface it with that. But you know, even in this church that we built, the people that... Just worldly people around. You know that people have come up and showed me on their phones naked women in this church while we're building it. Are you serious? About yeah. More than once. And I'd have to say, I don't want to see that. You, you deal with that? Huh? Guys, I, I was in a church and dealt with that. So I know you're dealing with it at your work. Don't, don't, be careful with your cell phones. Be careful what you're showing, what you're looking at, what you're sending on to people. Be careful of things that promote filthiness. Because the scripture doesn't want us to do that. Contentious speech includes um, disagreeing, argumentative, hurtful, hateful. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 21.9, it says, Better to dwell in the corner of a housetop. Living alone in the corner of an attic, you might say. Spiders everywhere, cobwebs, mice running on the rafters. Um, Man, it'd be better to lay on some insulation. Uh, it'd be better to live in the dirt. Just saying, not implying, than to share a house with a contentious woman. Just saying. If mama ain't happy, I'm not going there. Now, now that I played with the ladies, let's get the men. As charcoal is burning, 
coals and wood as fire, in other words, as easily as hot embers light charcoal, or fire lights wood, so it is with a contentious man. Everybody say man. To kindle strife. I heard you guys put that southern accent on it. <laughs> so uh, we, we both do that. Unbelief manifests through negativity. Unbelief is the tenth sin. That's just being negative, guys. Just being negative about your situation. Being negative about the doctor's report. Being negative about your business. You're not going to get anywhere with negativity. We have, it's unbelief. Un, unbelief is a, is a horrible, it's a, it's a sin. It's a sin. Um, Jesus even said in Luke 18, 8, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Never left when the Son of Man comes. Will he find faith on the earth? The opposite of unbelief is obviously faith. But brothers and sisters, we've got to watch the negativeness. Now, I did this on purpose because I want to have an overarching teaching today. When you read the Bible and it's do's and don'ts, how many has been encouraged today with the do's and don'ts? Not me. Not me. It's nice to know what's expected of me. It's nice to know what God thinks about it. But a lot of times when I see all the do's that I'm not doing, I feel pretty horrible about myself. And guys, God hasn't called us to you don't get anywhere. The, the law is cold. It's impersonal. The law can't help you. Like, 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 like if, if, if you got a problem um, with greed, it's not helping you by giving 15 scriptures about greed. You already know what God thinks about greed, and you already know that you're greedy. The law is impersonal. It is. It's powerless. The law is powerless. It can't help you at all. It only points out what you need to do better and what you need to work on. But it's good because we need to know that. The law came through Moses, John 1, 17, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that if you've got a problem with your mouth, grace is here to help you. I'm committed to change it, but you think I'm going to change myself? God don't change me by kicking me in the head and telling me 15 scriptures that I already know I'm not doing. He empowers me to do it. And you need to ask God to help you get a hold of your mouth. Ask Him. Ask grace to come into your life. Grace comes and helps. Look at Romans 13. This is powerful. Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 8. We're almost done, and I want, I want to finish this sermon today because I, I don't want to leave you just with law. But Romans, don't ever leave people with the law because the law is not encouraging. Okay? Romans 13.8 says this, Owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love one another. Let's read this together. Owe nothing to anyone. Accept your obligation to do what? So what do we owe people? Say it loud. What do we owe people? Okay. Um, owe nothing to anyone except your obligation to love. If you love your neighbor, neighbor, you will fulfill these ten things. Did you all hear me? 
It just got simpler in here. If you will love your neighbor, you will not slander, you will not gossip, you will not have filthy language, you will not, 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 all the don't, 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 you won't do because you love people. You love people. You will fulfill the requirements of law. Go on. Can we keep going? <laughs> I want to keep going to verse 9. Um, for the commandment says, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. See, that's the law. Don't do these things. Okay? Now look at verse 10. These and other such commandments, look at verse 10. These and other such commandments, can we get verse 10? These and other such commandments, I want to read it together. These and such other commandments um, are summed up in this. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills God's law. Love does no wrong. Love fulfills requirements of law. I wish that would have went over a little bit better, but I hope you got that point. Seriously, I really hope you got that point. If we can do one thing and focus on loving people, we're going to do those other things. Is cutting people down love? Is gossiping love? You won't do it. Guys, next one. Accountability versus correctability. Here's something I'm done with in the church world. I hear, I've heard it for years. You need a mentor. You need to have somebody you're accountable to. Accountability doesn't do anything. Accountability is, is worthless without this. Correctability. There's a difference between accountability and correctability. It's one thing to say, hey, I want to be accountable to you. But it's another thing to tell your wife, hey, when I do this, correct me. Do what? Correct me. I, I Don't do it in front of others. Me and Carmen have done this before. Don't do it in front of others. Don't embarrass me. Don't point it out in front of people. But love me enough to correct me and help me get through this. I don't want to do this anymore. Correctable, correctableness. Brothers and sisters, um... I don't want to get on this much, but like, like even before church, people say, I see you're losing weight. I, I'm not dieting. I'm, 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 I have such a hunger for the Lord. I, I'm fasting a lot this year. I'm not doing that so everybody says, ooh, pastor. I'm just hungry for God. And I want you guys to be hungry for God too. But a, a byproduct of fasting is you lose weight. Okay? People that lose weight, when you start a diet, you're in the corrective stage, and it's tough. When you're in the corrective stage of something, if you're overweight and you're in the corrective stage, you can't mess up with eating. You can't mess up. You can't mess up even once. Uh, if, you, if you're really eating clean, and, and you go all week eating clean, and you take one day and just kind of do whatever you want, you're going to mess up everything you did the whole week. You, you, you can't 
You can't get off. You, you, you've got to stay on. When you're in the correction stage, it takes a high discipline. You've you got to be on top of it. But there, there's no uh, forgiveness. Uh, You've you just got to be on it. When you're in a corrective stage, uh, you, you, you have to do a lot of cardio and things that keep your heart rate up. I hate cardio. I hate things where, that have to keep your heart rate up. I like pushing some weights or doing some curls. But stand up, Isaac. Stand up. You can only do that kind of exercise if you look like that. And these guys come in the gym and just do this, and you're sitting there 60 minutes on the treadmill, and you're like, but we're in corrective stage. Brothers and sisters, when you start this race on correcting your tongue, it's tough at first. Because you're in the corrective stage. Are you all with me? But stick with it. Because it will produce the result that you want. The next thing is you got to set boundaries. you got to set boundaries in your home, in your family, and with your work. You have to set boundaries. You guys know I'm a granddad. Ames was at the house yesterday. Now all he's hearing, uh, we, we, we got friends. What, what did uh, Chris's kids think their sister's name was? <laughs> How many remember Chris and uh, Vicky that, that lived here? How many remember Chris and Vicky? Vicky told, <laughs> Vicky told Carmen one time that the children thought CJ's name was Get Down. <laughs> the kids would go up and say, come here, get down. Hey, get down. They thought the kid's name was Get Down because his mom was having to say, get down, get down, get down. So the siblings thought his name was Get Down. Ames is getting to a point where he thinks his name is No Ames. <laughs> no. I mean, he's into everything. We can have toys across the whole thing, and he'll find that piece of, of, of dirt or something or, or something. And where does it go? Right in the mouth. I mean, when Ames come over, I'm grabbing the broom. And cleaning the floors. Our house is clean, baby. And, and, and okay. <laughs> Yesterday, Caitlin, he went and he was like, he wanted to touch the fire, and he's going in the stroller. Boom! Hits the side of the wall and grabs on to the, the heater. Thank God it wasn't the winter when we had it on. And Caitlin started it. Hey, Janet. Think about this. You know this is raising kids. When Caitlin started correcting him, I said, honey, because she corrected him, and then he went back. She corrected him, and he went back. And I started laughing, and I said, honey, daddy's watching you right now. I told Caitlin, dad's watching you right now. You can't stop now because you're setting the boundary forever. You got to follow this thing through. Because if she wouldn't have followed that through, there would have been a boundary crossed. And he'd have thought it was okay to cross that from then on. Brothers and sisters, you need to set boundaries in your life with people that are dumping 
I like to say words like this because I think it's got strong impact. You need to set boundaries in your life when people are dumping crap in you and say, you're not going to do that. You need to set a boundary when people are talking and doing these things. You need to set a boundary and say, no offense, but I don't want to hear it. I'm doing that. You ask people that hang out with Pastor Brian, you ask them if I've ever said, I don't want to hear that. Don't tell me that. Well, Pastor wants to know everything, not this one. I'd rather have a good thought about you. I I would actually like to like you guys and think you like me. I I would actually like to think that we have a good church. I would actually like to think that everybody's good people. Because I do better like that. Don't, Don't give me trash on Gary. Don't give me trash. Who do you think you are to go home and analyze this sermon? Who do you think you are to go be the critic uh, when you're with your people about how the praise and worship was? Who do you think you are to judge what we do in this church? Who do you think you are to judge your brother? Who do you think you are to go tell stuff about Claudia and Rich, Rick? Who do you think you are, buddy? You talk about something gets my dander up, that's that one right there. Who do you think you are? What made you so blasted smart? What made you so perfect? I think God says this. Sick of it. Sick of it. Sick of it. Don't do it. Set boundaries. Set boundaries. Do, do you know what? I, told the, I tell this to our staff. If people come and tell you stuff about me, and it's true, and you kind of feel the same way. Don't act like you agree with them. Don't act like you agree with them and tell them. It'll just get them to go tell everybody else. If you agree with what they're saying, come talk to me about it or tell them come talk to me about it. Because, listen, think about this. When you, when you... When you, I'm going to use me on this, but it works for everything. When you pollute someone towards somebody, when when you as a church pollute me to the body or to pollute Braden and the praise and worship and what you think about it, and, and you pollute people with that, when you pollute people about your small group, when you pollute people, you know what you did? When you pollute me, You just cut my hand off from being able to feed people. You can't feed them anymore. You just cut my hand off. Why'd you cut my hand off? They they might as well go somewhere else to church. I can't feed them anymore. You guys cut my hands off. You you cut my head off. I can't speak anymore. I can't speak into people's life because you cut cut my head off. Why do we do that? Do you know where else I see this? I see it with husband and wife. Husbands will correct the wife right in front of the children. And they just took all authority from her. And daddy's Mr. Nice Guy that gives them everything they want. And mommy is an old dread that's always getting on to them. Husbands, we do it all the time. We undercut. We cut our wives' hands off. Some of you wives need to 
under your breath be saying, Amen, go get my husband. He does that. Husbands, you, you do it to your wife. Wives, you do it to your husbands. You cut them off to their kids. Listen, we're in mixed... There's very few people that's not mixed marriages nowadays. If you've been divorced and, and you have families that have to see each other, as much that lives within you, the scripture says, live peaceably with all men. Don't, don't, turn your, don't put your kids in the middle of it. Are you all with me? Don't put your kids in the middle of it. If you've got hurt and bitterness and hatred towards mom, you keep it to him, mom. Keep the kids out of it. Don't try to turn them on dad. Don't try. The Bible says if there's any virtue, if you have to think for a week to try to get one thing to, that's good, then do that one. Boy, it's good preaching. I'm loving this sermon. Make a choice with your words. That message Bible. Are your words going to kill or give life? Poison or fruit? Make a choice. The next one. We speak pain. We speak from the pain and anger of woundedness. The reason people do these ten sins is they speak out of a woundedness or they speak out of a perception of woundedness. Hey guys, some of you aren't evil people. Listen to me. Some of you that's got a horrible problem with your mouth, you need to say, it's, I have a horrible problem with my mouth. I love it when Joyce Myers says, we need to get past to the point where we say, my little problem. She says, call it what it is. Say, my sin. Quit saying it's your little problem or your little thing you're working on. Call it a, a sin that's got to go. Okay? But a lot of you that need to get control of your mouse, you're wounded. That's usually where my mouth goes off, is woundedness. My mouth usually goes off because I'm hurt. I get stupid with my words. And I'm just so hurt. So what happens? You need healing. Today, you can have healing from brokenness. But you don't have it. And the last point to get control of your mouth is I think we always have to allow for the supernatural. Brothers and sisters, something I never want to get away from at Church on the Rock with modern modernism and like today I told Carmen I'm real close to get ready to fit in my I got two beautiful suits I, I like wearing suits every once in a while not all the time don't get crazy on me but uh, I told her I said I don't want to be cool today but the, the cool jeans and the cool shirt are still the only thing that fits at this point <laughs> but um with modernism, something I don't want to get too modern about is I believe in the laying on of hands. And I believe that God can change a heart in an instant. 
And I believe that some things we have to work on it and work on it and work on it, but some things I think God can just, boom, take care of it. Some people have to do the 12 points and go through a celebrate recovery for alcoholism. Some people have to do that, and that's powerful, and I believe in it. But some people can have hands laid on them, and, and they get delivered and never touch it again. Some of you can have be prayed for, and your mouth gets under control instantly. And that's what the last scripture is. As the praise team's coming, the last scripture is this. Isaiah 6, 5 and 6. Then I said... It's all over. I'm doomed. I'm a sinful man. I've got filthy lips. And I live among people that have filthy lips. Yet I've seen the king of heaven's armies. The one of the, the seraphims flew to me with a burning coal. He took it off the altar with a pair of tongs. And he touched my lips with it, and he said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed, and your sins are forgiven. I, I believe God can take a tongue at the coal of the altars and touch your lips and make them pure. If, 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 you've, if you've got a cussing problem, I challenge you today. Come get a coal off the altars of the Lord and touch your lips. Amen. Are you with me? Are you all with me today? Hey, um, I want to show a video today. It's only it's a minute and a half. And the reason I want to show you this is because God told me. Did you all hear me say God told me? Because he does. God told me that some need a coal off the altar fire to lift up and encourage me. God told me today that some people, some of you are just worn out. You're spiritually fatigued. You need a brand new touch, freshness. You need a touch. You need the manifest presence. Some people here today are lacking in zeal. And you don't have that fervor in the Lord. You're not serving the Lord with freshness. Everything's black and white. And your life doesn't have color right now. There's no enthusiasm to serve God. If you're here today and there's no enthusiasm to serve God, we need to get that back today. Because the Lord says that we need to serve the Lord. You know, the scripture says that, that, that we're to never be lacking in zeal, but we got to keep a spiritual serve fervor for the Lord and serve the Lord with gladness. If you're dry today, I felt the Lord say, if you are dry today, He wants to breathe life in you. This has nothing to do with words, but watch this video. This is a scripture. happen. 
Hallelujah. you today, I want you to stand to your feet. If you feel like you're dead in the field, I want you to stand up where you're at. If you feel like you're dead in a field, I want you to stand up where you're at. I see two people standing. Other people, you feel like you're dead in a field. But your situation, you're dead in a field. God's going to move today and He's going to touch you with power. Anybody else Is there any person in this church that you are without Christ today? That He is not your Lord and He is not your Savior. That that person is dead in a field and really you're you're called to do something powerful. I want you to stand up today. I want you to be courageous. If you've been coming to church and you've been thinking about giving your heart to the Lord, You've been thinking about being a follower of Christ. I want you to stand to your feet and don't miss this moment today. Don't miss this moment today. Seriously, don't miss this moment. If you feel like, you know, today is the day of salvation. If you're feeling your heart beating and you know that God is speaking to you and your hands are sweating and you're nervous and and you're a little bit afraid, that's God moving on your heart. Take courage and just stand up right now. Come on, take courage and stand up and say, I want to stand up and be a follower of Christ. Hallelujah. Anybody else that they want to stand up and be a follower of Christ today? Thank you, Lord. Those that stood, I want you to come to this We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, Check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.